on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, our own Dr. Horrible, Derek McCaw. He's horrible. What? That's for the people who can hear the music in the background. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on Wednesday, February 4th, 2009, from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. And before we get into the podcast itself, I want to talk a little bit about upcoming events here at at Elusive. Here? Yes, we've got a Valentine's... At Elusive? Well, they're kind enough to host us, so I'd say there is a Valentine's Day sale. Really? Yeah, that's Anna the Wow, Order. that was Elusive. a female voice. You don't know what oh, promotions you're doing? This is terrible. Yes, I do. Okay. You know, you're... you're she ran you're, over to the microphone and stuffed something Anna, in her face. Anna, perfect Reese's, Reese's, You are eating a Reese's bar, which has peanut butter paste, which is what the government has pulled off... I really, really hope I get salmonella poisoning. This I'm is fantastic, I want some time off. Okay. Anna, and by having peanut butter paste, you are becoming as articulate as Mr. Ed. Mm. So next week, Elusive Comics under new management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, Steve's okay. He didn't have <laughs> any. He didn't have any. <laughs> she uh, and then February 25th, I just got the Elusive Comics newsletter. February 25th, Eric Shanauer. This just in. This just in. Wednesday, February 25th, New Comics Day. Eric Shanauer, the writer of the current... I think it's in its second printing now, the Marvel Comics adaptation of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and longtime writer of uh, Age of Bronze and, uh, and keeper of all things Oz in general for the past few years, been the official chronicler voted by the L. Frank Baum Society or whoever decides these things. The uh, Wizard of Oz, the International Wizard of Oz Club. Of course, it does disturb me that someone does decide these things. But anyway. Oh, yeah. It's a parliamentary procedure. <laughs> it is. Anyway, he's going to be here very signing the wonderful Wizard of Oz. I'm sure if you bring some Age of Bronze, or, um, if, you, or if you buy some Age of Bronze he here, he'll sign. What else could, could we have Eric sign? I have posed the question to him if he'll be doing any sketches, because he's an amazing and wonderful he illustrator. He is an amazing artist. Will he sign my boobs? Actually, quite possibly. Only one of them. And I'm Michael Goodson! I am so pleased that you <laughs> admitted... You have those. Uh, <laughs> he will. He will be happy to sign, sign Age of moves. Bronze. Um, his business um, partner, David Maxine, who runs Hungry Tiger Press, that publishes Age of Bronze, will be here. And so I know they'll have Age of Bronze with them. Uh, any any other? I'm sure any Wizard of Oz thing you bring, Eric will be happy to sign. <laughs> he's, he's My very ruby generous. slippers. You're indeed. Yeah, baby. Mm. So anyway, yeah, we were doing this plug first, and then of course followed by WonderCon, which you can get tickets still for WonderCon here at yep. Elusive Comics and Games. Yep. So again, that was Anna Warren, owner of Elusive Comics and Games. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. To my right, I'm Michael Goodson. <laughs> and his I've boobs. heard that before. Yes, and across from me, Moral Compass sound engineer and tonight's announcer, Rick Brett Snyder. Yes, indeed, direct from London. Lon Lopez uh, is on assignment tonight. He is seeing a screening of Fanboys, which we've talked about many times on the podcast. Many so times. So uh, finally the opportunity came up to see it. It opens Friday in San Francisco only, so it's a somewhat limited release. 
But if all goes according to plan and if Lon's schedule holds true, not only will he be seeing uh, fanboys in sort of a private screening tonight, Ooh. they're letting us in secretly, uh, then uh, he will be talking to the director uh, tomorrow morning. So and so we may with have recording some, equipment or just with recording equipment. Not no. Uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble, aren't I? He'll be waking up, rolling over, and say, "It was good for me too." <laughs> so, <laughs> and also, and the guy director will say, "Thank you." Uh, so. Uh, this just in, we have this really hey, shocking... Hey, guys, uh, sorry I was late today. Did, did is anybody else caught up in that zombie traffic on 101? Okay, I saw just, the sign. Just you <laughs> shut your mouth, all right? So we had this really disturbing report um, that, that Rick brought in uh, near Collinsville, Illinois. And, you know... Collinsville, Illinois has been overrun by Nazi zombies and raptors. Run, everybody! No, no, no. That, <clears throat> no, that was Hamilton County uh, was overrun by raptors. Uh, and, Do you have uh, school closings on there as well? Yes, it is. Collinsville, Illinois had uh, had uh, traffic warning signs that were hacked that said, and by the way, highway safety officials are not amused, uh, <laughs> says daily lane closures due to zombies. Wouldn't it be great if it said highway lane <laughs> administrators laughed their asses <laughs> off? <laughs> uh, and apparently in Texas it said zombies in area run, which I think is probably... There all there were also signs warning of raptors. Yes, and there was that's in Indiana's Hamilton County, and uh, I think let's see, this nothing. There's anything else. Head for colder climes. Uh, Nazi zombies run. Zombies in area run. A lot of that. Yes. Head for. Look, okay. I have a problem with this story, not just because of the threat to the public safety that zombies truly, truly, uh, but this is crying wolf. Because sure. when, the when the zombies come, really show up, oh, everyone's going to go, oh, oh hackers. Ah! <laughs> Laugh it up, hackers. <laughs> and I just, I want to speak to those hackers because, you know, at least one of them listens to this podcast. Certainly. You jerks. Bunch of jerks. When, Making Derek wet his pants because he thought there were zombies. <laughs> First of all, that was not right. You're you right. Know, <laughs> you know, in the movies, they're always driving police cars. Zombies? Yeah. No, they overtake them and they say, son, clever cops. Yes, <laughs> the Return of the Living Dead. Um, so anyway, thank you, Rick, for bringing this horrible social problem to my attention. It's a, it's a public <laughs> service. <laughs> this is true. This was on the uh, AP. When when did this story run? When did this actually... I only saw it today. Okay, so today... A couple days ago, the news broke. Grapevine right. ends my ear, but just got to Rick. Yeah. So this week, we hope that if you have found yourself... Uh, in fear of a zombie attack, it is a hoax. We're Take be- photos if you do actually see Hopefully zombies. Hopefully you have OnStar. Although, really, <laughs> really, wouldn't the government tell us it was a hoax? Wouldn't no. the press say that? No. Have you read, They're going to tell us it's a hoax either. Did way. you read I World War so. Z? No, I haven't read World War oh, Z. Oh, excellent book. I really, by Max Brooks, right? Yeah. And there's a film adaptation coming soon. It's going to be a great movie, too. Oh, that's J. Michael Straczynski adapted, yeah. I think. The uh, audiobook is excellent. Uh, Alan Alda does one of the voices. They have a wow. lot of... A lot of uh, great All Star Zombie Attack. I like oh. it. <laughs> Got to be more entertaining than All Star Batman and Robin. <laughs> ha ha! Wow. Uh, yeah, thank you. Which segues Easy us target. into Two comics. nerds laughed. <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> Both at the table. A little sad. It is terrible <laughs> to laugh at your own jokes. I'm sorry. I apologize to our Legion of Loyal fan. So, um. Or the substitute fan. We got. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Breck. Um. Anyway, we've got a letter to the editor, which segues right into the comics segment. 
if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay. I think it's probably fine. As long as I know that there are no actual zombies on the road tonight and on my drive home. Sure. Uh, Just the ones want. that are there every night. <laughs> I'm talking about my wife. Like that. Five miles under the speed limit. She just sleeps a lot. She's tired. She gave birth. She works hard. Twice. Uh, anyway, we got a letter from little Troy Benson. He's not little. He walked into the store a few weeks ago. Everyone saw it. He's a big man. Hi, uh, Troy. Uh, hi, Troy. Hope you're listening. We'll, we'll get you in on one of these podcasts. Whatever tonight. happened to Donna Troy? No one knows. No one knows? No mm. one really knows. Anyway, uh, so the header was uh, Final Crisis. The email begins, seriously, (laughs) what was that all about? (laughs) We are in the midst of an era of the superstar writers. The stories are as self-indulgent as the art was in the 90s. It doesn't even feel like like the writers are even trying to tell a story anymore just to prove how clever they can be. I quit reading in the 90s, and I may do it again. Ooh. Troy Benson. I don't think that was DC's intent. I, I, not you at all. Don't think it was their intent to drive readers away? They're like, no. this but me- apparently... People, this medium's folding. How can we get people off of it? <laughs> Let's make it Final unintelligible. And- Fi- uh, Final readers. Um, apparently that uh, has been a, a big re- report from retailers is they've had a lot of... See, I want to bring these I'd seven like my issues money back. back a lot of readers <laughs> come in and just say, I don't know what's g- going no. Excuse Strike me. all DC I apparently books did not get the English list. version of this book. <laughs> now, al- all along, you guys have asked me, you know, is it a good jumping on place? Is it good? And I've said, no, it's very exclusive, I think, as an event. It's I asked all along what the F was happening. And I said, someday I would explain it to you. And then Do I said, it now. Look, keys. <laughs> Um, shiny, we're not we're not spoiling anything. Go ahead. Objects. It's been it's I been don't know over I, a week now. I don't know if I could spoil anything. I think you'd all go. I'd still explain it. I'd go. It makes perfect sense to me. And you'll still go. Huh? Well, a time warp will open and we'll have been sucked back in, at, which is what happens in Final Crisis. Okay, here's here's a couple of questions. Okay, go ahead. Did a lot of stuff happen off stage in other books? Not in other books, just off stage. Okay. Typical Morrison. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So, Try reading his JLA run. I dare you. <laughs> I think we did dare him, and he was enjoying it so far. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've read the first three or four of the trades. Keep going. So oh. who the heck was that guy in the long black coat with the yellow um, lightning bolt down the front? Some kind of a monitor? That... Uh, the name of that monitor. Uh, oh wait, no! I, it suddenly came to me. Oh my God! I'm channeling him, Nix Uwatan. Okay. Now I may have the pronunciation. My monitor accent may be a little off. Because he seemed to be <laughs> he seemed to be kind of crucial in drawing everything to a close at the end. Okay, Nix Uwatan was at the end of Countdown. Okay. Uh, and then he and at the beginning of Final Crisis, he was uh, basically kicked out of the monitors. And he was the one who woke up human. He was the one who woke up human. <sighs> and in number five, he had been gathered like he w- he was one of the humans that were resistant to the anti-life equation. And he was having nightmares, which I'll admit, I think Grant Morrison kind of bobbled us a bit where a couple of issues went by where you forgot that was the guy's situation. Exactly. Because everything had gotten so big and cosmic and epic, you were forgetting about this one guy who's having these nightmares that he doesn't quite understand. He's tapping into visions of Anthro being visited by Metron. Yeah. And Anthro being the first boy, the DC character, considered the caveman boy. Um, and so, in, I think it was issue five, they had this like gulag of people that were resistant. They were trying to figure it out. And he was playing with a Rubik's Cube. 
And because he'd been visited by Metron and he had the symbol, which completes the circuit, which is the life equation, basically. I feel like I'm a small child and you're trying to confuse me with a lot of unrelated facts. I'm not, but that's it. But that turned him into, like, this new monitor. Okay. Apparently there's something in, and this is the one off-screen thing that could be happening, is Superman Beyond, number two. And I didn't haven't read that yet. I read that. Okay, so it doesn't help? I know I read all the words <laughs> in that book. <laughs> Um, Years from now, college courses will be t- people will get doctors in Morrisonology. I will I've spend serious money no. on an annotated version of this this piece of. Uh, I think I would too, but I but I will say I, here here's my pledge: I will spend my money, not Michael Goodson's money. Michael and I pool and on comics, <laughs> and um, no, this will definitely all be like my Christmas money on an annotated oh. Final Crisis. Okay, okay, I've got more <laughs> questions. Okay, I, okay, I really think this one's a happened in a different book because at the end it was kind of critical that this kind of red-faced guy with no skin on his face or something mandark um who just kind of showed up i don't think i've seen him in he's final- in superman beyond oh he's in superman beyond he's like he was is like he the and is he from like the red lanterns or no something? he was a monitor that had gone bad okay and so it's basically if you understand what was going on. But he on, looks like the guy I've seen on the cover of one of the books that I'm not buying, which mm-hmm. was the Red, Red no, Lanterns. No, he's not in Red. Okay. No, he's not one of the Red Lanterns. That's another one I'm not quite understanding. Um, okay. Because I think their power is to puke blood. <laughs> if somebody awesome. else, if somebody else could write in and explain the the multicolored lanterns right now. Jeff Johns and his amazing Technicolor Dream Corps. Someone uh, explained to me the Red Lantern's power. I'm, I'm, that was I'm, very clever. I'm buying, thank you. It's almost as if I made it right there on the spot. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I believe they are puking their plasma force. Okay. And I'm finding that, and they have to, and instead of recharging off a battery, they suck blood out of people. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Mandark apparently is like this. This, but what's been going on over Crisis is that. Once uh, Darkseid had taken over the Earth, like the gravity well was basically turning the Earth into a black hole. So through all, and I'm just noticing Rick is wearing a shiny Green Lantern ring right now. And throughout that, the core uh, had been called off to Oa, which was part of Darkseid's plan. Granny Goodness had distracted them and tried to take them over by taking over one of the Alpha Lanterns. So they all went to Oa. So the core was outside. They couldn't get in because the power of the Green Lantern, the light against the darkness that is dark side, would not, you know, it would have stopped him. Okay. So they, so basically it was turning the earth into a black hole and everything, time, everything was compressing, everything was, is coming down to thing and the, the core couldn't get in until someone could break out from the inside. Meanwhile, and this is where Michael's brains are starting to run out, mm-hmm. run out of his nose, someone other dimensional group they were they tapped into like the mother box of Mr. Miracle right. and the new and the Japanese super team right uh, had to that got really confusing because when we're getting those like the little and here's where I'm going to agree it's self-indulgent while many of the characters in there had apparently been Kirby creations, and this is sort of like also... Not the Japanese team. Uh, no, but Sonny Sumo Sonny was. Sonny Sumo was, yes. Sonny Sumo was. Uh, and apparently... And, and he had been hit by dark side And he'd gone beams. back in time, and they said this right. Sonny Sumo was like an alternate universe and one. And they left him back there. That was I went but back it, and reread but, the... But he said in Final book. Crisis that the Sonny Sumo that was there was an alternate universe version that oh, had God. Okay. been called over. Duh, Rick. Yeah, yeah I know. See? <laughs> and that's self-indulgent because it, it's... Grant Morrison's floating an idea for a super team he wanted he wants to do a book about. Uh-huh. 
So he kind of put them in there, and he was like doing these little shorthands of all their soap opera and all their interactions. And it really, to me, was distracting from what was going on. The only thing that was sort of important was that they had used Mr. Miracle's Shiloh Norman's, not Scott Free's, uh, Shiloh Norman's mother box to create a boom tube into an alternate universe where they were then free to gather the the legion of supermen, basically, all the supermen from the alternate universes that were going to come back in seven and take on Darkseid. Right. So, ultimately... And then you had the Flashes outrunning the new Black Racer, Racer, who who was also the Black Flash from the Mark Wade run and the Jeff Johns run, the, the, the incarnation of the Speed Force that kills... Flashes. Ah, okay. So it all merged. All these avatars of death. So they were trying to. So Barry Allen, all this time has been being chased by that. It merges with the Black Racer, and so there, he's outrunning the Black Racer to make his destiny. Dark sides. Right. So if they can run, so to they dark do side, the run around, and he gets hit by the nega beams or whatever. By the were. by the by the Black Racer's nega right. beams, and then thus is knocked back in time. To 2005 to appear in the Mr. Miracle miniseries from Seven Soldiers of Victory, which on one level I have to, I have to give kudos, kudos to Morrison <laughs> to have had this so circularly planned out. What a wonderful <laughs> twisted world you've created that no one understands but you. It hurts. Uh, He's an English teacher and his brain hurts. This is how I think. I dropped out of college. <laughs> this is how I think on a regular basis, and it makes my brain hurt. Anyway, so that's what was going. So Batman didn't kill him. Batman was weakening him, right? So that the Black Racer could take overtake him, and hopefully this allows for either. So Batman planned this. I'm sure that's going to be the ultimate realization. <laughs> is that Batman knew he was weakening? It. Well, because Superman says something about radion poison, right? Is is, is getting only. to you? Is yeah. basically Batman knew. Uh, he's not going to kill Darkseid, but he's going to injure him so that something else can. He can't. Batman's never going to kill. Okay, that leads into my. Uh, I think okay. it's my last question. So at the oh, end, you think it is? Uh, it's the last question we're going to try and ask tonight. At the end, we see Commandi, yes, and all the heroes, and then we go to a couple of pages. No, we don't see Commandi and all the heroes. We see Commandi on his own world right. that is now where all the Kirby creations that don't fit, that had originally not fit. Okay. Now have themselves Earth Fifty One, which in countdown to to Final Crisis had been uh, utterly destroyed. That was where the the Mordecacus virus had come from. Right. Okay. So actually, right. yes, As much as he's complained, that. it actually does kind of tie back together. So okay. Commandi, and there, and that's where the new gods are reborn. So they will be On Earth Fifty One. They will be basically the pagan gods of a new civilization. So. The last couple of pages, mm-hmm. we see Metron. Who's the guy with the lines around his face? That would be Nix Uaten. Again, who is the new, basically the new Metron? Because okay. Metron too completed the circuit with him. And then we see. Oh no, the old man on the cable. The old man. That's Anthro. That is Anthro. It's back to Anthro. It's back to... Because Anthro was painting on his face in the first book. Right. And now okay. he's painting on the cave wall, leaving the symbol behind. In Batman's pants. No. Then he goes to sleep and Bruce Wayne has walked up. This is the scene... That's why his shadow on the wall is the Batman shadow. Right. That was to this tell is you, a scene that's Bruce which Wayne. Grant Morrison has admitted. This is a scene added 
by editorial request. He was originally going to end with Anthro just drawing the circuit. Thus, the beginning and the end are the same. Okay. So as, an, as a piece of graphic literature... Final Crisis is, as you described last week, the Finnegan's Wake of DC yeah. Comics. Um, and I think I said Ulysses, but yeah. Ulysses. Okay, yeah, sorry. Finnegan's Wake is a little more penetrable. Uh, <laughs> just a little. Um, that it's uh, – either way, it's James Joyce. And that it's, it's circular on its own is Grant Morrison's statement, which unfortunately – and this is what I'd say it is self-indulgent. I'm going to agree with this again – is a statement he's made more than once. That this is circular, you see it's dream... By going to Anthro, but Anthro looks like an aborigine, it's right. dream time. Reminding us, these are all stories. All the stories are valid. This is... And it goes back to the beginning again, and you and these will all exist for you as much as you want to enjoy. And Because the, the other thing that went with that, which... And this is going to blow your mind. And Chris Dude. Garcia, if you're listening, your mind's about to be blown... One of the character, one of the teams that makes the final stand against Darkseid, and as I believe Dave K pointed out to me or alluded to in an email today, uh, his complaint, uh, and actually one of these teams who is then far more effective in the battle than Wonder Woman, hmm. Captain Carrot and yes. his amazing Zoo Crew. Yes, uh, which is again more reanthropomorphized. Yeah, because they've gone to this Earth Zero, which we've been calling New Earth forever. Now it's been called Earth Zero, renamed. And at the end of the arc of whatever they called that that series, that miniseries they had last right. year, they uh, they were turned into regular animals on. Earth I think Zero. that was called a horrible waste of time. Which yes, is the name of the series. And and then so that is they're restored to who they are. Thank God. Think well, you know, I, I can like stop Captain holding Garrett. my breath. And what I'd like stop is, calling Morrison God. Yeah. I would, I would like. <laughs> I have to. I mean, because I would like a real a writer who understands that uh, Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew were designed for kids uh-huh. and fun to get a hold of them again. That was the problem with that that miniseries. Yeah. yeah, you guys hated that. Yeah, yeah, because it was it it was all dark and it was grim. It was stupid. It's funny animals is grim and gritty. That's not right. Right. So now they can be restored, but. By them take, making the stand there, Morrison saying, "Look, these stories are as valid. This is all. So it's all about the meta, meta fictional power of fiction." Well, getting back to my original question. Okay. So that's Bruce Wayne from when? That's Bruce Wayne. We from don't right know, before he appears again in DC. Universe. We don't know from what, probably the Omega effect. He's been killed. He's been hit by the Omega effect and sent back in time. This is as Grant Morrison has now described it in an interview I read this week. He says it was added for DC by DC because he they felt Dan DiDio Dan DiDio felt that there were fans who wouldn't understand that Batman was only going to be dead for a fortnight. <laughs> a fortnight. <laughs> that's his quote. Is that the I, think we, I think we could have all predicted that though. Which we all did. Those of us who are, and that's why it is. I I kind of agree with Grant Morrison on this one. It's silly. Of course we didn't expect him to be really dead. Grant Morrison, not like Captain America. Grant Morrison. Well, so far that stuck, hasn't it? Yeah. Grant Morrison is not uh, like the Flash. Well, you know because the, but the other thing, the other thing with <laughs> with Captain America though is the average person isn't going to say they know who they know Steve Rogers. Right. They know Captain America. It doesn't matter so much for sales, for the icon, for the for the licensing. To say who he is. However, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Worldwide, everybody knows Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, so, and he's returning to write the book in June, so they're taking some time off. This now segues into just as they did at the end of uh, at the Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
when John Byrne was about to relaunch and revamp the concept of Superman, Superman yeah. in The Man of Steel, uh, they did. Alan Moore wrote "Whatever Happened to the Man, uh, Man of Tomorrow," uh, so that like the the two part uh, final story of the Silver Age Superman. Right. So now Neil Gaiman is writing "Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader," and a uh, two issue miniseries within when? the regular Batman book, when? I believe. When comes out next week. Ooh. So yeah. now see that I'll buy. Yeah, <laughs> see where it will be kind of. And uh, if you go to the MySpace Comics page. They already have five the DC pages. comics, or uh, well, my, there's a MySpace Comics where oh, all MySpace the company comics, where all the companies can put their stuff in, and uh, but I think Comic Resources had it uh, as well. There's a sorry, th- I'm keeping Rick up. There's a five page preview already of it, and I can't remember who the artist is. Is if it was Tony Daniel or if it was one of the Kuberts um, that uh, you know basically it's in the future. All the villains are gathering for what looks like a wake. Something weird is going to happen, you know. So it's. Uh, Can I just ask one last final sure. crisis, and then it'll be the final question. For now, where is the DC universe now as it stands? How many worlds are there? How many uh, Batman are there? Back to Who's 52? Superman? Everything's the same. That's why yeah. I everything's the same when it started, except for Batman. Except for Batman what is what it is really returned to? What what it is? Thank you, thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you for asking because that. I think I emailed back to Rick earlier today about this that I felt like what it has done is really returned the concept that Mark Wade and Grant Morrison tried to float in the late 90s of hypertime. It's basically saying it is, again, infinite Earths. There's the 52, plenty of time to explore that. There's the multiverse as established in the past three years, but anything can happen. They can go anywhere. And, and do anything. So did the final crisis restore us to the point we were right before the first crisis? Right. Whoa. <laughs> Blue. It's mind. circular. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so now, now you're make now you're actually making a case again for people should uh, re- respect this and appreciate it because that's what it's done. It's gone back. It's circular. It's all. But no one would understand that upon reading it, right? Me. <laughs> all I right, did. Zorlak. What's next? I'm a Zorlak. Uh, what's next? Um, so we've got our pitch for the Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. I'm looking forward to that. Neil Gaiman writing a rare comics appearance. IDW is reprinting. And I guess these have been out of print for a while. So, I mean, I already ha- have them. But it's nice to see a new generation getting Bloom County, Burke Bretz's oh, yes. uh, mm-hmm. classic comic strip, uh, which I think a lot of will still play. Some of it was political and tied into this, uh, to the day. They could just do the same volumes, reprint the whole thing? I don't know. I don't know. I just saw the headline. I was very excited by that. Um, that the, they did all oversized books. They didn't do the small ones like Doonesbury did. Right. Because Doonesbury did the standard paperback and then the larger trade and then the big uh, right. album editions. Gary Trudeau. He knew, yeah, like, same, he, with, same with Garfield. He knew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I tried not to laugh because <laughs> I wish that was a visual that people could see how utterly sincere. <laughs> yeah, you got me. All right, you got me. Nice, nice. Thank you. Anyway, um, so I yeah, I don't know what format they're going to do, but it's nice to for that work not to be lost. Um, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple that Mark Wade uh, Boom Studios had started at markwade.com. So I want to reiterate because I actually took some time to. Check out one of the things we've recommended. I went to markwade.com, and as I had hoped and suspected, it is fantastic advice if you want to break into the industry, or if you just want to, you know, get 
little writing lessons. He's got so much because I have long heard a lot of uh, a lot of writers talk about how Mark Wade is the master of the pitch. He knows he knows how to how to how to sell projects. He knows how to put it together, and they respect that and that, that he's advised them. And to see it there, out yeah. there, and on the website, check it out if you are interested. Plus, it does uh, you know it advertises a lot of Mark Wade products, so you know you can't go wrong with the Incredibles or Potter's Field. Which I can't believe Potter's Field hasn't become a, a movie or TV deal yet. Let's talk about this. We, we this is we just had Super Bowl Sunday, and huh? Mm. Well, superheroes to Super Bowls, yep. right? Huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, would you guys? Oh, we don't have to talk about the football game because nobody's this listening. Please, like we watched that. Whatever, I watched it. I did. It was a good game. I really yeah, enjoyed I was it. Reading Flash I, number four. I understood the narrative. You know, that's the, a football game where I can feel like this narrative. There's Kurt Warner in his last. He's going to retire, and can he come back? I get that. You know, it's the it's, sure. Sure. He's the underdog. Okay. And underdog was a cool character. We were so. actually going to discuss the movie trailers between what? the stuff. Oh. Remember that? There was like a Star Trek-y one. Where well, the first like one was the G.I. Joe. Bar, and then there's the G.I. Joe. Uh, the yeah, actually, the first one was one with Clive Owen and uh, Julia Roberts. And my wife was fast-forwarding through. She goes, oh, I really like the movie commercials. I went, exactly. What about that one in the in the three seconds of it we saw? It looks like something I want to watch on Super Bowl Sunday. Is it a romantic yeah. comedy? Well, not with Clive Owen. I don't think he does uh, romantic comedies. But it had it was... Julia Roberts in it, though. <laughs> yeah, but now she's Actually, in... Debbie said, no, that looks fun. Yeah, okay. No. Chicks. Great. Yeah, chicks. Uh, so we went to G.I. Joe. No, I, actually, I think the first one was Star Trek because G.I. No, Joe. No, G.I. Joe was first. Does it matter what order it was in? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, because we're fanboys. So I wasn't prepared for the amount of acrobatics in the uh, G.I. Joe one. Okay. This looks like they're going kind of waxa flying. You have to do something to make them seem like a super team, right? Well, they never felt like a super team before. They all felt like action jo- figures. G.I. Joe's. You know? <laughs> action figures? Yeah. So Again, as a boy who played with the lifelike hair and beard ones, you know, yeah. I, again, I have no predisposition going into that. Like I said... You know, Baroness looked uh, pretty lifelike. <laughs> yes, she did. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to express my disappointment. First, I... I'll give the family review. Okay, we were eating dinner while that came on, oh. and I no 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 I'm sorry too that, early. that was Transformers. No no it was during Transformers we were eating dinner. During GI Joe, my son's playing uh, with a Transformer. That's why I'm confused. And I said, Luke, look, GI Joe. He looked up and went, Who's that? So I thought, wow, it didn't do what – I guess I didn't think it was going to attract the little kids the way Transformers yeah. automatically does as a concept. Yeah. Were there really a lot of iconic images in that, no. that trailer? The Baroness. I mean, you I have to know Baroness. The Baroness. You would have to know. And, and if I did not know that, that, that – and if I right. didn't know that Christopher Eccleston was playing Destro, yeah. I would have no idea that it was Destro. No, you wouldn't. Because what little I do know is, as you say, seeing the toys on the shelves. Right. Knowing – Destro has the silver helmet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, for gosh sakes. And when he went by, and I was like, well, Christopher X, why didn't you show him in the silver helmet? Yeah. Show, or, because or, or, my terror now would be, oh, he's not going to be in the silver helmet. We get to watch him get his helmet? Why should I watch it? You know, I mean. Oh, no, come on. Let's see him get his head dipped see him in get his head. There's not, <laughs> there's not enough time. I, you know, that's too many it's characters. It's the rise of Cobra, though. We have time Oh, it's the rise it. of Cobra. Yes. Which I will. doesn't I, you know, have to be a G.I. Joe Like story. I read the, I read this interview with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's playing Cobra Commander, and I said his de- his defense of being in it, I thought was, was good. It was like he saw the makeup. He saw the costume they wanted to put him in, and he said, 
I got to wear that. Awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, great. Well, how about showing me something in that commercial that makes me want to – because right now I'd say is the Baroness. Okay, so you see whatever that – that's not Sienna Miller, is it? I think it is. Okay. Hot. That's the one where we they know. were saying uh, she was going to wear uh, falsies. Right, and right. It's hard, it's hard not to look hot like the Baroness, though. You get a wig and, and some we glasses know. and a tight leather. Come on. You yeah. are just two out of those three elements away. <laughs> I've got the moves for it. One out of three. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's hard not to. But there was nothing else other than maybe the snake eyes being far more acrobatic. Although yeah. that makes sense. He's a ninja. They're going to go, okay, go to the Wisha. That looks CG. Yeah. It did. But it did. but it, but also, if you didn't know that was snake eyes, it's, also, it's just like, oh, it's another... When's, when's the movie out? This is just like a teaser, right? July, I think. But I have to say, even with all this criticism, I was I was more enthusiastic after seeing that trailer than I had been before. Yeah. Okay. On I'd a, like to see more. Yeah, I would too. On a scale of one to eh, I'm up to eh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, sure. I'll give that. I saw it. I was like, all right. Um, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Next? Yeah. Next what one aired next? would have been Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yes. Okay. And here. I will say Star Trek is going to blow everything away. One, I have I have had a behind-the-scenes report. I rarely get these things, and I have to report this anonymously. But uh, someone, how shall I say this? Do you need us to garble your voice? It's not me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, but someone, someone who I know, someone who I know, has uh, done reports for Ain't It Cool. Turns out to be this is untraceable because it was so long ago. Turns out to be a former student of mine. Okay, and so out of the blue, he contacted me a few weeks ago and said, "I don't know if this is going to make you feel better or not, but everybody at ILM that's been doing work on Star Trek loves this movie. Hmm. Okay, that this is that there that nobody is unhappy with Star Trek. But here's what sold it for me." Where they're going to kill. My wife looked up and spoke out of what I consider, honestly, total ignorance because she's never watched the show, said, now that's a Star Trek movie. Because wow. the only thing she's seen is First Contact. I dragged her to First Contact. And she went, oh, that was pretty good. Hmm. Eh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but this one, I looked over and I thought, okay, want to see that. You want to see that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We both want to see the same Star Trek film. <laughs> I'd like to see a script. Oh, I see a lot of good-looking images, but no, I'd like to I see I see a lot of good-looking <laughs> images, but, yeah. you know, but... We'll have to see. But it does look I've great. seen a lot of good-looking toys, does, too. Uh, it does, out of the ones we're about to talk about, look the best. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Uh, everything involved. I, I just thought, yeah, uh, at least they know how to put together a trailer. Certainly. But I think the thing is, as far as awareness ahead of time, suddenly that mix of the old and the new and that understanding, like there's a backstory kind of thing going on. The people that aren't Star Trek fans are looking up and saying, well, now that's Star Trek. And you know the people that are Star Trek fans are going to go anyway. Yeah. Sure. So it's done its job, at least, of attracting the attention of the people that don't care. They're exploring strange new worlds, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I think the fact, the fact that the costumes look enough like the original series mm-hmm. and they cast Zachary, and the fact that Zachary, Zachary Quinto is just Spock, like Spock. You, you just get over you just get over the rest of it it's true it's eerie 
It's been said it many and the times. Sets, the sets and it's look still, and the sets look good. They're they're evocative of the old series. But I just I, I I but the, oh, two things. I need a Gorn and a Mugatu. Show me what those look. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're making an exotic <laughs> cocktail. I Bartender, <laughs> Bartender, two Gorns over here and a Tholian web for my friend. <laughs> oh, five Clatloos for the human. <laughs> I can drop the knowledge when I you need You can. To. Apparently, also, rumor has it there will be a special cameo. And this is this is a true rumor. This is, I mean, this is not like somebody made this. There's a rumor that a triple will appear. <laughs> so Played by William Shatner. <laughs> played by William Shatner. Just one? Finally. That, Which doesn't that, make that's sense That's not going to end well. <laughs> Although, you know, I think if, we, if you go back to your trouble with triples, it started with one. <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> so it did start with one. I would pay serious. That money could easily to see happen. This. That could easily happen, like in a market scene. There, we're going by. And yeah, there's a guy there's holding one. Just one. I would yeah. pay serious money to see the Wrath of the Tribbles be the sequel to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tribble! Oh my gosh! Though, have you seen? Did you see that robot chicken with the Wrath of Khan opera? Yes, <laughs> that was awesome. I did not see that. Robo- did- Robot Chicken has been fantastic this year. I've missed it all this season. I have, watched, I I have only caught a couple of episodes. and <laughs> that was it. But the Wrath of Khan opera, I was like, oh, Lord, it's brilliant. Anyway, so let's go on to the next commercial, which would be, in your mind, Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. Okay, here's the... Here's, and, or, and Looks my, a lot darker. Which my wife looked over and said, or as we like to call it, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Quote my wife a lot for this one because uh, that's how I test. I look around. Are my kids interested? Now, Luke, you Transformers fan, um, I didn't get him all that excited about it when he looked up. Yeah. Because for exactly the reason I think he said, it looked too scary. Yeah. Did he see the first movie? Yes. Oh, and he liked it. He loved oh, okay. the first Something movie. Something about Transformers coming tra- out of the sand. We had a Transformers Christmas. Did you? Yes, we did. There's so. something about the Transformers coming up out of the earth, out of the sand. That's a... That's, uh, that's well, one scene where the huge one is coming up out well, of the Well, but that happened in the first one. Yeah, the I know. Scorpion, I know. That was the scariest scorpion. part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's the introduction of the Sandicons. Okay. Uh, well, I believe the Constructicons. I think what we saw was a little bit of an image of there's like supposedly five that and that would be the Constructicons that merged together to form there are one. There a couple different variants. Huge okay. ones. So, but I think that's what they're going, they're going for, for in this one. Um, and apparently there's like a... Was that what they call the one at the Terminatrix and Terminator Three? So there's apparently a female Decepticon that can disguise herself as a human woman. Mm. Hmm. Sweet, cool, yeah. And she's going to go after Megan Fox. You poor sad dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, You're a man with a fantasy. Uh, were there any other ads in there that uh, I don't remember any other movie? Th- at oh well, Mon- monsters versus aliens, oh, the 3D, oh, land of the lost. Oh, land of the lost. Yes. With Lee Stack, with Lee Stack, with Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah see, well. this is my. <laughs> but let's be fair, if I may, shall we? If I can, just a second. Would you have been happy with a serious remake of Land of the Lost? <clears throat> I would be happy with a comedic version that didn't have Will Ferrell. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's fair. Now I am, I'm happy as long as Will Ferrell's not playing an athlete. One, it, that's the Will Ferrell I've gotten tired of the okay. the show. You know yeah. what shape I'm in. That joke is played out. Okay. But I'm not tired of the guy that's an. Oh, I actually I can't even. I don't even know what Marshall. What Rick Marshall's personality would be like? They were on a they were on vacation. Well, I know Marshall, Will, and Holly, which has totally been changed. 
which he played Marshall, Will, and Holly in right. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And so now he's Rick Marshall, I think, was the name of the father. And yeah. then, but now they're not. They're adults. It's the uh, other guy that was uh, in the way of the fist or something, um, uh, the Foot Fist Clan, whatever. It was in Tropic Thunder, the demolition guy. Um, is the oh, yeah, yeah. is his sidekick, and then he has a girlfriend. So it's all three adults in there. So it's definitely a yeah a, a redo. I love that show when it first when it was in the first run, and it was written. They had a lot of hard sci fi writers on that show. Larry Niven wrote on it, and uh, Larry Niven wrote on Land of yes, the Lost. Yes, he did. I think Silverberg wrote on it. Um, I had a list of them. Though. Ari Silverberg wrote. Robert. Wow, you've been out Zorlacked. Robert Silver. No, no, I know. I was. I'm looking at the paint on the walls. I was Bradshawing you, and yeah. it didn't even work because you didn't get what the original was anyway. So, but they had a lot of never good, watched. Land they had a lot of good hard sci-fi themes in a couple of the episodes, and the whole business with the Slee Stack and well, the fact that the, they were a lot that they were a, a, a failed civilization. Right. That was interesting. and they had the one that had been from the past and traveled forward in time right. to discover what had happened to his people. Right. Uh, would they call him the ancient one or the old one, something like that? I don't remember. I think he had a, just had a name or something. But he was he was you know, he had the primitive sleaze stack, and he had this one super smart. In sl- some ways, that was pretty heady stuff yeah. for Saturday for morning Saturday morning for kids oh, yeah. to deal with. That this you've got this basically oh sleaze stack sad, and then Chaka, Chaka. being played by Jorma Tacone, who was in Hot Rod as a writer on Lonely of Lonely Island and on Saturday Night Live. Probably most people know him right now because he's got the viral video of Jay asterisk 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 in my pants with uh, yes with his partner uh, Andy Samberg, Samberg. so um, and Justin Timberlake who produced apparently their album that's coming. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> yeah. So one more thing not to buy. Am I remembering correctly that the original Jocko was Ron Howard's little brother? Clint Howard? You are not remembering correctly. It's no? a guy who looked like him, but it was not okay. Clint Howard. So uh, it's a kid who has. Uh, let's this year at Comic Con. Let's look an autograph row for the for the sad <laughs> old man going. I was Chaka. I was Chaka. <laughs> okay. You'll find him if and he's we'll alive. Find him. We'll find him. Okay. Uh, I mean, come on. The first year we went. Were you with me? The first year that it were uh, not the first. Mike TV was there from. Oh, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. And the factory, and that was just—I mean, I didn't think it was sad. It's like you know, if you've if you've got that kind of iconic role and you can charge money at a at a convention, God bless you. Good, pick up a little extra cash that way. Yeah. Find that one girl but who it's really kinda, liked you a lot. But it's kind of weird to see, yeah, to just go. You were Mike TV, and yeah. now oh, <laughs> <laughs> or it was the one from from Family Affair, um, Johnny Whitaker. We saw it, you know you see Johnny Whitaker signing, and it's just a little weird. There's always someone sad that you'll recognize on Autograph Row. Sam Jones. It sounds like a song. Little piece of your childhood dies, yeah. or in the case when you meet Aaron Gray, it Still revives. Hot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still. Comes alive again, <laughs> like Frampton. Hey, there was another commercial <laughs> I want to bring by. I uh, mentioned this to Lon. He went, eh. But um, Push? Oh, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, and it's based on a comic that's... Uh, uh, no, uh, I suspect, honestly, it's made and they did a prequel comic is that right? from okay, Wildstorm. Yeah, but it does look kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jaimon Hansu and Chris Evans as... Sort of like that one jumper, but done right. It almost looks like if you were going to do the X-Men without the X-Men. If you just said, okay, these guys have powers and this is... And they've been experimented upon. Right. So in some ways, it's kind of like scanners, too. I mean, yeah. which is whatever. I mean, they're all little merges. Uh, 
but it does look well done, and yeah. uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. You haven't heard anything about it, then? I haven't really. Okay. Uh, except there's controversy because there's two movies called Push. One was oh. at Sundance, and everybody was talking about, oh, Push, and then people go, whoops, are we talking about the right one? And they got confused. So okay. <laughs> we know there's a sci-fi one, and then there's an intimate little drama about people rearranging matches or something. I don't know. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. The but the I other those movies. but the other big commercial would have been the 3D thing. Did I, did you get to watch Monsters vs Aliens in 3D? I did. I had the gla- glasses. Debbie, can I say I want to thank right now DreamWorks sent me an awesome package in my magic mailbox. Really? So not only did I get like 15 of those glasses, <laughs> you walk around all, all your neighbors. No, so I kinda, it was great because my daughter wants to see it and. And she's we, got thirty sets of eyes. No, and, and she's got yeah, it's good that she. Three uh, D makes my wife throw up. Okay, so she can't see a three D movie. All three D. <laughs> Walking around in real life. No, you know three D effects. Okay, do I have to be that pedantic for you? Fine, thank you, Michael. She lives in a Super Mario. She world. lives in a flat world. It's very. She just. Uh, and, uh, and so she gets she gets motion sickness watching that. Although she said, I don't – she tried it. She watched it and she said, I don't think I, I get 3D. It was a different process. It's a different process, but I think the other thing is that people, when they're watching 3D, are expecting what that commercial did at the beginning with the paddle ball. Yeah. They expect some effect that's going to make you go, ooh. Whoa. Whereas – and Bolt was the same way. I think what they're working at now is to try to give you the depth instead. Right. The be- the most effective things were when they had the glasses there and they were rotating the glasses in front of you. That was the best. Yeah. 3D so effect. so the kids, you know, the kids put them on. Although Luke Mealy took it off, and he goes huh. afterwards. I didn't need to wear them. <laughs> like, so you don't know what you're seeing. You know, this is your son with one blue eye and one yellow eye, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, but my daughter's very excited because she watches it because she was afraid that because she actually wears bifocals already. She. Uh, has had an eye problem that she wouldn't be able to see it in yeah. 3D. And she was really disappointed because she wants to see the movie. And said, oh, you know, we'll have to drive around trying to find a 2D theater for it. But now she, she was really excited because it worked, you know. <laughs> so, But I should say, but the other thing they gave us was a football that was Bob the Blob. Oh. So it had the big eye in the middle. It was blue. It was nice. Cool. A little Nerf Thanks, football. Magic Mail. Cool. Thank you. DreamWorks. And it had um, go posters. Ahead. Go ahead. Promote them. DreamWorks. A little company struggling to get along. They are. Thanks, everybody. My expectation, though, is that that process, even though they were using that for the Super Bowl, is not going to be the way it's going to be protected. I don't think so I either. Think I, think, I, think, polarized I think at this point it has to be different for television. The problem with the the one that they used in the Super Bowl is that you, you can do 3D with this thing where you dilate one eye and one eye stays contracted, which is why one of the le- lenses was dark. And so for two light. hours, I can pretend I'm David Bowie. Yeah, no. If you do that, if you do that for too long, you will get a headache if your eyes are dilated at different levels. But again, so. I can pretend I'm David Bowie. You can pretend you're David Bowie when you're driving. It is down the worth road. the headache. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'll be secretly in charge of the guild. Calamity Tent. Yes. So, hmm. uh, so I, you think you're Grant Morrison tonight? Like, I, all these weird references. Well, I'm sorry you made me channel him to explain Final Crisis. It's all <laughs> over. Uh, <laughs> at the end of this podcast, we will travel backwards in time, boys. I'm sorry. I've been catching up on the filth. Great. <laughs> yeah. That's why I introduced myself at the beginning. Right. So I could do it again at the end. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so but we didn't talk about the actual content of Monsters vs. Aliens. Kind of looks funny. 
does it? Or I not? did like the the scene where the girl's falling falling off the roof and she's holding on. She goes, "Oh." And I would say all the jokes about who the monsters are. I I tried to explain to my kids. I know my daughter's nine. You know, said so. Doctor Cockroach. Well, he's the fly. Yeah. What what's that? Okay, a movie Daddy can't show you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Missing Link. Well, yeah, who's yeah. that? Well, he's supposed to be the creature from the Black Lagoon. What's that? Another uh, movie, movie Daddy, Daddy can't, can't show you. you. Ginormica. And my daughter's very upset. It's sad on her wedding day she gets hit because we had the little trading cards they've been giving away at uh, conventions. Yes, yes, yes. This is on her wedding day, a meteor lands and the radiation from it turns her into a 49 and 49 foot and 11 inch woman. And I say, attack it's funny the, because there's attack of the 50, 50 foot, foot woman, woman, but they can't say. It'll be funny to you someday, sweetheart. I promise you. <laughs> but then she's too said, "Oh, bride, she didn't get to you know." Okay, yeah. but uh, and then the blob, you know, Bob sure. is like another movie. Daddy can't show you. So it's like watching so, uh, Murder Before Death without knowing who the Thin Man is. Murder by Death. Murder, murder by, by Death. death yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I did. I thank you. I had. I did not know who any of those detect. <laughs> I take that back. I knew Peter Sellers is what did he, what did they call him that Wang. Uh, Charlie Wang or something. We got a new Charlie Chan because it was a Hanna Barbera right. cartoon called Charlie Chan and the Amazing Chan Clan. Yes, I didn't mean to get you off on a tangent about. No, it's cool. Death. You, uh, no, you totally. No, no. Just go back. I got more. Get back on track there. Anyway, so uh, the Sobe commercial made no sense, but I did watch the 3D then on Chuck too. Did you guys watch that on Monday yes. night? No. I did not watch that one yet. I was uh, I was flying that night. Oh, so you record? Oh, right. You had to go up to. He was so high. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, it's me. I was flying man. Twenty thousand feet in the air. Dude. Uh, yeah, wasn't that a little Frampton. disturbed to hear? Uh, <laughs> to, just to watch the, that Heroes commercial get running where they were <laughs> singing Joe Cocker. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> made me not want to watch that show. <laughs> not only am I not caught up, and then when the football players went against them and they were playing the football game and they just send the cheerleader in again. Thanks, NBC. <laughs> Let us have a recollection of uh, a couple of commercials because the Chuck promo where they kept showing. Uh, the girlfriend in the black, which is a, I knew it was going to be a dream sequence. I totally knew that, but yeah. which turned out to be. But again, children watch this show. That's yes. why there was such a flap over Janet Jackson years ago because children were exposed to a breast, not a moob, a breast. Yes, and to show, have like Claire, the cheerleader. Get her neck broken on the field and then go. That's perfectly okay. It was creepy. At least it wasn't sex. So was Bruce Springsteen's crotch in that camera. Oh my lord! <laughs> and I'm sorry. It's not passing on to the next generation. My son watches. Goes. He's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's the boss. Do you like him? Nope. He's had a hard life, boy. <laughs> I do not like him. He's ugly. I do not like his music. I do not like rock and roll. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> Your son's pretty judgmental. He is. Wonder why. Huh. Huh. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> what do we got next? Uh, well, let's see. You you got Watchmen toys? You got Watchmen toys? What do you think's in the black bag? <gasps> I don't know. I totally There's forgot about the black bag. There's a black bag sitting here, the whole, said, whole podcast. I said. I didn't know it was filled with the black Watchmen toys. I just thought it was going to be a game. First off, I've been, I've been like a bride trying to. Uh, I know, but I, I, I mentioned so, it. You know, oh, I'm this envious. Is just like, oh, you're never getting that back. Thank I know, you. That was, that was silly of you. <laughs> I don't know why you gave it to me, but out don't of worry, my cold, can, dead hands. He can will it off of your finger. It's going to fly off. doesn't take my finger with it. take your finger right with it. Ah. Oh, okay. Show us nice, your Watchmen nice toys. Wait to it. Let's have an unbagging. Okay. In brightest day, in blackest night. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. I only bought the one. 
But you if you got to buy one, Rorschach. Rorschach. Oh, my God. Pretty awesome toy. You've waited your whole life to see. Yes. Oh, my. Where did you purchase this? Uh, at a competitor store. I, uh, I wanted to admit that online. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had a 15% off card for it. So. Oh. They had, they had the, the set of four of the set, first set, and uh, they're, they're all really good looking. They're good casts. I, just lo- I love the packaging. I love the sculpting on this. Yeah. Uh, did we mention we did mention this was a Rorschach figure? Yes. It's a Rorschach collector's action figure. Ooing and all an over. Alternate inch. hand that'll hold the gun that is the prop that he has. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so the first also, also available Dr. Manhattan the comedian Night Owl classic. The, the, the first set Spectre. the first set is the ones up on top oh, with Silk Spectre. Silk Spectre Ozzy Mendes. and Night, Night Owl. Owl. Night Owl if I was going to buy two I would bought Night, Night Owl next then Silk Spectre and then Ozzy Well Ozymandias. because you know that they've got a video game coming too. Yeah, Night uh, Owl, Night Owl, and, uh, and Rorschach. Rorschach. Watchmen: The End is near. Uh, the end is nigh. Uh, I think, uh, even though I'm sure it's pretty much a standard fighting game, I'm going to have to get that game just so I can fight as Rorschach. Herm. Herm. Oh, nice. Who's yeah. Morrisonian now? Hmm? I'm uh, Moorish. Near Moorish, and they even got like the 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 pinstripe on the pants, the purple pants. I the, know, the my ja- good, good lord, they're great. It's just very nice of them. All you so. fan so nerds bought, live through and us. So you, so you bought one for each of us, didn't you? That was I, that I, was so. Yours are out in the car, <laughs> <laughs> Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so. And you got the ring as well. I, I did buy the ring there That's too. That's nice. Um... <laughs> You can try to keep it, Michael, but I think he's going to get wise. Um, I will get it back. Because you know what? The charge is going to wear out in an hour, and then it's going to turn into a wedding ring. And I'll just plug it into the socket? No. Whatever. That's how this works. Uh, Wow, that is awesome. So those are now available at comic shops? I guess so. I I guess. At least the first series. We got just a little rumor, and it really is, I don't know, is it a rumor of a rumor where Guillermo del Toro, it's kind of following up on a story we talked about, I think last week we were talking about how... He was willing to do and, and very interested in doing a third Hellboy film, right? But he's several years away. He's at least three or four years away from doing it. He wants to end the series, and yes, he? and somehow in this interview, it sort of hinted that what he's doing is giving permission to let somebody develop a BPRD movie. So I don't know. I don't know. BPRD how is the organization. The bureau. Without, yeah, the bureau of without Hellboy research and development yeah, without defense. defense. I'm sorry. I want to say de- uh, development. I said it before. I know. Defense. Defense. Uh, yeah, without Hellboy. Okay. Because most of the BPRD comic series are without Hellboy. He's left the organization. Yeah. He's so that would still weird. have Abe in it? Uh, the Theoretically. Um, um, although, are, the, are those characters going to be tied up? Well, see, the thing, this, I, I was wondering, I have to think back to the end of Golden Army. Did Abe leave with Hellboy and Liz? You'd still have Johann Krauss. You'd still have the homunculus. There's a couple of other characters they've introduced. Yeah. So I'd go see it. it can, well, sure, we would. Sure. It'd, be, it'd still be interesting if it's, someone wants to develop so it. It's so open. The BPRD, you can you can just focus on one yeah. or two, or you could introduce new characters. Or you know what? Just so Josh Dysart would get a kickback, let's go back to 1946. Oh yeah. Because that was a creepy. You could do a that low budget, creepy series. little film based mm. on 1946. Yep. Sure. Hey, Josh, right in. We're helping you, okay, man? Come on. Come back to the show. Um, <laughs> he's not coming to WonderCon, though. I already asked him. He's like, oh, nah, see you in Seattle. Buy no. you a drink if you show up, Josh. 
TV, shall we? Because BPRD, well, let's move on. Uh, well, I Big Bang Theory. I watched it, out. it. It was so. It's just becoming so fanboy heavy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love this show, even when it's not all that funny, and it's still funny. But I, the, want, I, I know there's somebody out there has a list of the T-shirts on that show. And that most of them I got in the reference. I'm finding myself getting distracted. Like I'm going to have to watch each episode twice just to make sure I'm tracking all the like again the color schemes of the guys because they're all again they tend to be in villain colors. There's a lot of purple. There's a lot of Joker colors running yeah, around on that purple, show. Purple, blacks, and greens. Yes, and I'm just like, is there some meaning to that? I'm just <laughs> well, Sheldon uh, Leonard was in uh, in red pants in this episode. Yeah, he's been wearing those for the while. most part, and he had what was his T-shirt though? He I couldn't figure the T-shirt out this week. Oh, God, I couldn't. I, and yet I'm finding my, it's odd that I'm so obsessed over a sitcom that I'm trying to decode a T-shirt. Yes. You know, becoming that obsessive about it. I, uh, I have not been watching the fashion of the show like you guys have been. Uh, I've been appreciating the writing. I really Well, because you don't want wear T-shirts like that. The so thing on the, uh, the grease board where they, they finally just leave. And yes. he goes, it was the only solution. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. That's exactly the correct answer. <laughs> Love it. But, yep. And within his own, like there was one thing where they said, you know I can't do that. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, just this that he, he himself is as much a prisoner. And I, I, I think I mentioned before that I've been reading a lot of references to this show is getting a lot of attention from uh, foundations involved in working with autism because while they've never come out and said that uh, Sheldon right yeah. is mm-hmm. autistic, that's pretty much what he's demonstrating Asperger's syndrome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so it's a great role model to kind of show as funny as he is that it's a role model to show. Look at how f- how functional he right. is and how highly placed in society he is. Well, he has an incredible support system. <laughs> he does. They're very codependent. Yes. I mean, there's there yes. are times where I do want to scream at Leonard and just go, "Don't drive him! Don't!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Although I love that when he said, "I'm perhaps I'm Homo Novus, a whole new a whole new <laughs> species of man." Well, how's Homo Novus going to drive? Homo Novus does not know. <laughs> a lot of callbacks to earlier episodes. Yes, oh, yes. it has. It's yeah. developed it's a very all the tight way back continuity. to the first episode. Not the- a tight enough continuity that will warrant apparently the return of his sister, which I'd really like to see happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I wish you hadn't said it quite so briefly. <laughs> or his mom, Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. All okay. right, but you know he has the same boss, so you'd think she'd come back some, sure. at some point. But. Um, yeah, and, and all the, it's not just the fashion, though. Again, noticing the set dressing, they, they're just getting bolder and bolder with all the action figures I see. There's the little black firestorm behind them. I'm like, oh, interesting. Oh, there's Superman. And then I didn't even see, though they referenced the Green, Green Lantern, Lantern figure. I didn't see it, but I'm like, <laughs> knowing that I'm going to see it there. And how did you hollow out his buttocks? I, you know, that's <laughs> Amazingly, they didn't have to. What? <laughs> really? Awesome. Uh, anyway. Guy's got no fear. Rage of the Red Lanterns. Now it has a whole no, new meaning. No, no, no. Too no. far. <laughs> Too far. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Pew! And we're back. But we all agree it's an excellent it's show. It's an excellent show. <laughs> uh, you pointed out, and I meant to bring it up last week and forgot that uh, finally, after how many years have we been I for this? I really wish you'd asked me this off air in front of a computer, but uh, it's been a while since the Red Dwarf cast reunited. Uh, at least eight at years, least, hasn't it? At I least thought you said eight, ten years in the middle. I think maybe I said ten years. No, I don't know. Well, he doesn't yeah. know. Sincerely. They are reuniting the, the original cast members and one of the co-creators. Uh, 
right. Doug Naylor, Doug Naylor, but, but not was, Rob Grant. Okay, right. They had a falling out a long time ago, and in fact, not in this country. I mean, you can get them in this country, but you know, they had tried a novel, a series of novels uh, of Red Dwarf. I don't know if you've read them. Yeah, have you? I, no, yeah. I, I figured you had. I didn't. Universe but apparently, welcomes help. Yeah, it, it, uh, welcomes, welcomes careful, careful, careful drivers, drivers and, and better than life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they had a falling out, and so it was. They were written by Grant Naylor, so they that was their pseudonym for the novels. They had a falling out, and apparently in England, and I've seen these at conventions, they each wrote their own third novel. So hmm. you can you can choose which direction that Ooh, was going to go. Oh, nice. cool. So maybe you now have something new to maybe do. Maybe I will fulfill your, fulfill your did uh, the Red Dwarf Jones. Did the cast include whoever was playing Holly or Hilly? They, I, I have not seen an announcement of which. Incarnation of Holly Hilly will be It'd be, be nice if Holly, if Holly had bifurcated and they were both there. I also read today there was a, I guess the guy that plays Lister, I don't know his name. Craig Charles. Craig yeah. Charles has met, gone on and is on a... EastEnders, the long-running uh, so s- soap opera There's There's some pictures from the EastEnders yes. site uh, or of their filming location that has a picture of uh, one of the smart cars... Outfitted with retro jets on the top, and it says like Scudder Shuttlebug One, Excellent. or whatever the so, name of the So it's the gold bug, yeah. So all the people, all the commenters were speculating that, uh, uh, not Lister, uh, Rimmer and the Rimmer. cat and and, and uh, well, no, it's better. Crichton will come in and take him out of there because, and tell him he's been in a because, like an AR simulation or something. Or well, because they had Craig, oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> because apparently they had Craig Charles on the set of EastEnders with the dreads that are mm-hmm. Listers, but not that those aren't on his character. Uh, on, uh, you know, on so EastEnders. Right. on EastEnders, so they also had photographs of Doug Llewellyn in the Crichton makeup mm. on the set of EastEnders. So it's not without precedent because Doctor Who had a an episode that was in the dark time when it was canceled, where they had actually reunited the Doctors, it was like the six Doctors, uh, and gone on to EastEnders and done this crossover for children in need uh-huh. uh, in, in England. So I've never seen that, but. Uh, you know, Tom Baker, all the living ones had come back and, and guested on that. So there's kind of a precedent where EastEnders has sort of been this nexus, if you will, <laughs> of all the realities. Earths. Nice. If you will. They're a conduit between worlds. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Howard the Duck. Yes, the swamp. They are Marvel's swamp. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's like two episodes. But, and, and the subtitle of the of this series, uh, of this Red Dwarf, is, is Back to Earth. Back to Earth. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's and they're threatening. They've also they're also threatening there'll be like a, a live special. So they're going to do an episode live. live. Wow. And then there was a, a making of the Back to Earth. So right. And then there's four projects and then there's something they also say is without sets. So then people are going like, what do you mean without sets? But it, Shadow puppets. Well, I'm thinking probably what it means is green screen. Green they're going to do a complete yeah. virtual. Hmm. They're probably going to film that and show this new cheap technological break. I mean, well, that's the way when they, I say cheap. the sanctuary is done. Yeah, you mentioned I've got, to watch, I've got to watch this Sanctuary show. Oh, you definitely have to watch it. Either way, I definitely have to. Definitely. Find me time. Um, and, and on those lines, we don't know anything yet, but Torchwood will be releasing a trailer this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, It'll be broadcasting this summer. As we already know, BBC and BBC America will be broadcasting just hours apart, so we don't have to have that delay. And it's only five episodes, right? We're at only five, five episodes. episodes. Uh, but the, but so the little preview thing will be uh, available this weekend, so I think we'll all be looking for that. And still no casting news on Torchwood. I don't know who's added to it. The people that survived the end of the last season are obviously back. I do know that uh, there were rumors that Freema Agumon was going to be it's Martha like three Jones. people survived, right? Right. 
Okay. But they were supposed to bring Martha Jones there, and she was going to join Torchwood. It was definitely strongly implied at the end of, of the last season of Doctor Who that that's what was going to happen. But she... She joined UNIT. She joined UNIT, and she was... And, uh, but they were going to transfer her to Torchwood, and then she, the actress, got cast in the same show that that guy that we all thought was going to be Doctor, the new Doctor oh, yeah. uh, is in. So she was filming elsewhere and not available to be on the, on the season of Torchwood. That's all I know. Don't know what it's about. Okay. Look forward to it because I do enjoy Torchwood. But you'll hear details of it as soon as we are able to deliver. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fanboy. I also today discovered... Uh, and it's only one episode. Apparently it was shot during the writer's strike. As we came in tonight, they were watching Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Another attempt at a web series, but it apparently just didn't get, didn't get picked up because of couldn't find a sponsor. The one thing about doing a web series, you still, still got to pay for it. Sure. But a really... Because uh, so, the web ain't. Because <laughs> the web ain't. Uh, John August, who is the screenwriter of well, the now perhaps dead Shazam project, but he wrote uh, Big Fish and uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for Tim Burton, wrote a series called The Remnants. Not to be confused with the I, uh, with the Boom Studios series that came out this week. The, the Remnant. Remnant. The Remnant uh, with, that Stephen Baldwin created. Right. This one, John August had written, and it is uh, the he described it as The Office Meets the Stand. Hmm. Hmm. So it's so kind of... Darker a, than The Office. Yes. Post-apocalyptic office. Office. It's wouldn't it be empty? No, no, no. Uh, and it's a, and it was really you know I could see how it, it was effectively shot low budget, uh, and I mean really because the idea is if you just see something's happened to civilization, and these guys are raiding a house trying to get food supplies and so forth and like and it's where it becomes like deadpanning sitcommy is this one guy comes in and goes look we. And remember, remember, like eBay, how how these were so survive. You know, it's so hard to get. Remember the lines, man. Wonder what it's worth now. And then the guy turns, is considering that we may be the last people on Earth. I'd say that that's uh, <laughs> probably pretty worthless. And the guy comes in and he go, and he says, "Hey, look, a we. How much you want for it?" And he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "So it's finding funny, but it's but in a very realistic way, and it turns scary again. And they keep implying all these things about there are human survivors that are banding together. Something horrible's happened. They keep referencing like, did you go to the Grand Canyon? This one guy has this flashback about how he he tried to kill himself rather than follow the compulsion to go." To the oh, Grand so it Canyon. really is like the stand with two so sides. Something and, has happened. Yeah, uh, and there are others. They don't know what so it is. So when we say po- post-apocalyptic, we're talking biblical apocalypse. It's possible. It's possible. Okay. But shot in the office style. Of, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but, with, but without being a documentary, right. obviously. But, <laughs> but, but it's just like houses, everything's undamaged. So it's one of those things where something, whatever yeah. happened, didn't actually damage right. it's anything. Stand, it's all just in still, the stand, still it's standing. Uh, yeah. the super yeah. flu that takes everything so something, out. So. You know, and, and they themselves don't know. Somebody comments in there like, you know, in the movies, they always know what it is. It's, you know, was it an alien invasion? Is something we did to ourselves? And one guy goes, eh, I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's uh, nanobots from the future. She, she goes, really? He goes, I don't know. I think it's, uh, <laughs> so, it's uh, peanut paste. In uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, Anna? 
she just dropped out? Anyway, so it was a, a really good. She's a zombie now. It's an eleven minute really good pilot episode. Justine Bateman and Ernie Hudson are in it, and wow. then the guy that was the editor of the Daily Planet on Smallville last year. You would a, want a, a Ghostbuster with you if you're in Ernie. You would. Ernie shows up in those uh, those aisles at SuperCon. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, but it, it was really good, and it's just like I'm kind of and, and he said he John August said he had after the strike was over he kind of put it down as he he did upgrade it from. It was a pipe dream to unlikely, but if somebody were to step up, he's looking to continue it. Hmm. You know, so I thought it was a really good premise. Maybe he might turn to novelizing or something. You know, so they, how long is the one they've got out? It's eleven minutes. Eleven minute pilot episode. It was it was really good. Uh, I got an email right before we got here that I you guys tell me while I look up another one that Warner Brothers uh, is even more aggressively. All the studios are have video game arms basically mm-hmm. uh, and they just bought Snowblind Studios mm-hmm. uh, which a couple years ago did their Justice League Heroes game Yeah. so people who understand the gaming industry a little more video game editor Michael Goodson yeah. what would you consider to be the impact of a, of a studio why would they want to buy this I know Microsoft has bought up a lot of developers but yeah. why would the studios do it for money that's your simple answer that's my simple answer to silly the studio would do it for control they would do it for uh Film licensing, you pay the company less money. Yeah, and uh, as a person who played that Justice League game, I am underwhelmed by this news. <laughs> Should I have vamped longer so you could look maybe, up that email? Maybe Sorry. Right. no, I found it. Superhero Records. Anyway. I can take the awkward silence <laughs> out later. I sure. would appreciate that. Uh, well, it's going to be a fifteen-minute show then. Oh, <laughs> okay. For the money. Which, uh, which, by the way, I, I while well, I was on the way to looking up something else, discovered that Warner Brothers also bought the rights to Bone, which I had no idea they'd done that. Ooh, live action? They haven't decided. Claymation? Hopefully not. A live action Bone? I Yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to see a CG no. Bone. But it, it was actually what I was looking Hugh at. Hugh Jackman as Bone. Was that, uh, I think what I, what I had seen uh, originally and forgot to write down was that Jeff Smith is doing a one-shot comic book for children about a little mouse who has to get dressed to go out to the barn. So trying to get those younger readers again. And an interesting thing, because he said he didn't really intend Bone to be a children's book, even though I would say arguably this certainly more successful than Final Crisis. Volume 9, he said, which just came out last week or two weeks ago, of Bone, the final one in the color, three million copies sold of the wow. Scholastic reprint wow. in two weeks. That'll raise an eyebrow at a motion picture uh, studio. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that will spell a flood of children's comics books coming down the pipeline. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three million. Let me wait. Three million. Mark Miller tackles Charlotte's Web. <laughs> oh, this time it's personal. <laughs> Spin ass. Okay. Um. There's spiders in that one, Michael. No. <laughs> Charlotte's a spider. Why didn't anyone tell me? It's okay. She dies after eating you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I got sure how I feel about that. We're gonna get a Guinness World Records uh, 2009 has a gamers edition. So mm. I'm gonna ask you some superhero video game trivia questions. Can you, see put if you the, know the answers? Can you put the computer up on the table? I'm going to. I'm going so we don't to look like up. you're not trying to do some kind of weird stereo effect. <laughs> All right. So let's see if you know this. A couple of records featured in the new book. The first superhero video game of all time. What is it? Super okay. Superhero video game of all time. First. First. I'm going to go with Superman on the Atari 2600. You are right. You yeah. are correct, sir. 1979 Atari okay. introduces Superman. Kind of a crappy game, as I recall. Weren't well, you're going to do the same thing over and over, and yeah. it's all big 
blocks. Uh-huh. It's a Lego Superman oh. with in two D. And it sound, and, yeah, that was this flying. Sound and you'd pick too. up Lois Lane, and she would and and she would kiss you and heal you. Ding, ding, ding. I do remember that. Most Marvel characters in a Spider-Man game. In a Spider-Man game. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go with the. Uh, Spider-Man movie they put out right after the first the Spider-Man video, movie. The video game. The video game. The one that had uh, uh, Ash narrating it. And, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell was, Bruce narrating, Campbell it, was yes. narrating it. Yes. Right. I know it had a bunch of games. The, is it characters or heroes? I don't know. Well, see, it Would is you, a misleading wedge because they do mean um, heroes and villains. Okay, so that one had the Sinister Six in it, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. This is yeah, claiming I'm, as a Spider-Man game, no, the actual, the 2000... PlayStation Spider-Man game featured 15 heroes and villains. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm not... Yeah, I mean, we can't... They're the Guinness Book of World Records, but I don't think that's that many compared to others. When did the first Spider-Man movie come out? Because I think that's the game we're talking about. No, because that no, came out for... Play, because the first Spider-Man movie game was for PlayStation 2. Yeah. PlayStation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, the first superhero first-person shooter. Superhero first-person shooter. Punisher. That was a good guess, but no. Is that a first-person shooter? Grasping at straws. No, I don't yeah. think it was. It was a third no. person. X-Men Ravages of Apocalypse, released for the PC I in 1997. I still have that one. No. I still have that I, on the The first officially licensed superhero yeah. entry in the first-person yep. shooter genre. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's worth buying the book, but interesting... Yeah. Topics for conversation. If but you, all superhero-related video games, or is this just from excerpts from their video they, games? They focused it down on superheroes to attract websites oh, okay. called Fanboy Planet uh-huh. or Nye Fanboy. I've heard so there's probably video. stuff in there about football games and yeah, probably yeah. or you know fantasy longest games as well. text adventure game. Nerd. What would be the longest text? Oh Lord, I don't have the patience for a text adventure game. Which is ironic. Zork for because I have the patience for a Grant Morrison epic. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought it was a good way to sort of you know, if you were at home listening and shouting out those answers well, before Michael nothing, or Rick, you've you've won nothing. Although we still have that Coraline giveaway on the website, so yep. please come on, enter. We've had a few entries. Sweet, but there's you know still room for one more entry. Sure. There's room more. for one more. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Anyway, if you were shouting those out, if you've got any other questions, comments, or complaints, please, or compliments, how about those? If uh, Please write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, that's all we got on the agenda tonight. Are you good with that? I'm fine. All right. Well, then I'm, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson, guest commentator. I'm Rick Brett Snyder, permanent fixture, reminding you... To use your powers only for good. Good. Man with a dream. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com.
gotta do what man I gotta do what man I gotta do what man It's ambient sound. I don't think we have to credit them. No. How many apps do you have? Three pages full. And how many? How many of them were free? The majority. Yeah. I paid for a couple of them. So do you keep Word a lo- do you keep a lot of music on there? Uh, about fourteen gigabytes, and the rest is app space. And then how do you decide which ones to keep? On there, because I assume which apps? I'm guessing. Sure. I'm just assuming you have more than 14 gigabytes of music at home. I do. Uh, I find the 15, 16 gigabyte limit very limiting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I could, I would love a 64 gigabyte because I could take the two players that my cur- music is currently divided and on put and them put them on, on one. Right. But that's not happening. That's been my contention. When they came out with the eight, I was already maxing out a 60, and I'm like, going, you're not helping me. Yeah, four years ago, I had a 30 that I filled up, and I, I have my soul music on a separate device, which is about 20 How gigabytes. am I feeling today? Rocking or Is soulful? that device black? Yes. <laughs> I actually call it my soul bar, because it's the big one with the giant monitor. It's Man. The, that's the soul bar, baby. Okay. And then my smaller one is the one that just has a cornucopia of music. Cornucopia. That's the way white people talk. He's got hella fat jams, yo. Right. But but the white one has a cornucopia of music. <laughs> True. It is. Okay, so um never we're, we're saving it. Should we start with that? Because really that does sure. feel like it's mostly breaking the, news. It's mostly the some websites this is jalopnik.com have published tutorials on how to hike an electronic <laughs> sign. Yalopnik uses a readership of or has a readership of 2.6 million a month and asks people not to put this lesson into practice. <laughs> sure. Well, thank you, Associated Press. All right. So uh, then for movies, movies we could deconstruct the go over the Super Bowl movie ads. Anyway, caught up on the Big Bang Theory. A lot of a lot of yeah, a lot more callbacks. action figures. Oh and yeah. So forth in the set dressing, it is amazing. Where I'm just like. I There's really, a lot of 50 stuffed up Green Lantern's ass. <laughs> like, oh, I was betting Aquaman. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Do you want to do the Lonish or will I do the Lonish? I'd love to hear you do the Lonish. Okay, i got to think what I'm going to say so that I won't have to edit it later. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Wouldn't it be funny if he said something profane? It was like, oh, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> Slap myself. <laughs> I'm the new law. (laughs) All right. Look out, Debbie. Jeff Johns and his amazing multicolored dream core. Uh, (laughs) Technicolored dream core. I had the joke. I blew Ah. it. Jeff. Lost all points. Edit. (laughs) Jeff Johns and his amazing technicolored dream core.